0: everyone, and uh, welcome to a new episode of High Five on the Road. Once again, this is another office edition, uh, since I am still in the office. Um, and my guest over the virtual airways again uh, joins me. So I'll let my guest introduce themselves, and then we'll begin. Over to you.
1: Hi, everyone. I am Chris Cavert. And I am... Uh, currently uh, reside in denver colorado and my elevator speech is i train team builders so i have uh, i'm a freelancer and i work all over the country and some places in different parts of the world and train people who want to work with other groups and help them get better at what they do so that's basically how i focus my time Mm -hmm. um, writing books creating resources, uh, online resources. I just started an online school. So this year has been full of a lot of interesting new endeavor endeavors for me. So, yeah. so that's me in a nutshell.
0: Awesome. Uh, so first question, I want you to think back on, uh, your life and try to, uh, imagine when that first experience for you was of adventure or experiential education. Because I found that a lot of the times when you look back on the history, you look about your own play history or own adventure history, you find that there was something something there that led you to finding the energy and the passion for what you do now. Um, but is there a moment for you that you stands in your brain?
1: Uh, it would have to be summer camp. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was born in Wisconsin, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So at that time, you know, pretty – Asphalt city, sort of a place yep. and uh, close to the lake. So nature for me was the, was Lake Michigan and the beach. And as a kid, that was my favorite place to go. I didn't really, you know, consider it the outdoors or wilderness. It was mm. just where I was growing up. And then we, when I was nine, we moved uh, to the country, which was <laughs> 20 minutes northwest of Milwaukee,
2: yeah.
1: um, to a small lake. And woods on the other side of the lake and kids in the neighborhood who were, you know, country kids. And I was the big city kid that came in all rough and tough. And I was introduced to that, you know, to outdoors with them. They were always outside and they were always in the woods and they were always building forts. And uh, and then that first summer, uh, my mom sent, sent me to camp. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was kicking and screaming, getting out of the car. And then after that first week, I didn't want to get
0: in the car. How did you manage to take a passion and excitement about the outdoors and excitement about working with teams and translate that into a career?
1: Oh man, I really wanted to, to work with kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And Outward Bound, I thought was that place where I could go be in the outdoors and work with people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had camp was the same thing it taught me i got to do those classes and as i was a counselor you know i taught classes for kids and i enjoyed it my mother was a teacher i resisted it for a while
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, through my undergrad Um, but then i seemed to be it gave me teaching educating gave me a sense of connection and purpose
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and so i tried a career i tried to go in 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 the direction of Something physical therapy is what I was going in the direction of I could work anywhere I wanted to. Yep. I could be independent I could make a lot of money mm-hmm. um but teaching education just drew me back mm-hmm. and uh, so i i I had a lot of different opportunities to do different things I think i only i well I only taught in traditional education for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise it was working with at-risk programs in the wilderness. It was, um, uh, directing a challenge course program in Texas while I was finishing my master's. So it was, it's been kind of, uh, getting involved in things where I wanted to go educationally for a while to, you know, finish up my education. I was doing a lot of things that were outdoor related oriented Mm -hmm. and then, I did end up teaching for a couple, I took a teaching job just basically to finish my master's so that I could focus on, I didn't have to, because running a challenge course and doing all that stuff was 24 seven for me at the time. And I couldn't finish up my master's. So I had an opportunity. I took a teaching job just to focus on school and finish up. And even during that teaching job, I was part of part of the outdoor ed staff. So Mm -hmm. I would, we would go out with, on trips with staff. So I still had that opportunity and teaching physical education. I was always outside. And then after two years, I was done with my master's and it was, you know, I didn't, I, I needed to be able to have a little bit more creative freedom. When you're in a curriculum setting, you have to teach what's in the curriculum around 2000 is when I, when I officially started fund doing You know, so since 2000, it's been a freelance career of a lot of different things that need enough money for me to survive. You eventually hear enough about this and you finally do it where you've got to decide what your mission is, mission and vision, so that decisions are much easier for you to make. Mm -hmm. Most of us will take every job we can get Mm -hmm. because we need to make money. Yeah. And then eventually, you find out that everybody finally has to make a choice and and decide what they do. And I train team builders, so since I've made that choice,
2: mm-hmm.
1: the decisions that I've made about people who call me and ask me to work are a lot easier to say yes or no because yeah. I say, "Is this an opportunity for me to train others
2: mm-hmm.
1: who will be working with other people? Will I be able to train team builders? Will mm-hmm. I be able to?" help them and in turn learn something myself. And in those settings, I usually learn from them as well. And those are, it's, it's helped me to then create the time and space for the important things that move that needle. So they say, move the needle towards those end results or objectives that you have for your specific platform, for your specific vision that you have and mission that you have For your business. So is it a career? I don't know yet. (laughs) I'm I'm hoping. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say I'm not saying hoping. I am building what I believe is now a career that I can feel good about saying Mm -hmm. it's a career versus I think I was cobbling and I and I don't know if that's fair to say it was a career. Yeah, uh, but, but yeah, that's a great question. You know, yeah. how did you how did you move? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. It's, I'm just having an amazing yeah adventures. Um, yeah, could that, it
0: be? That's a component of experiential education is the is the journey. I, I think that's yeah, yeah.
1: I'm I'm living that. Yeah. You know, whether it's good or b- whether it's good or bad, um, I'm going through all the ups and downs, but uh, learning and learning a lot. Yeah. And become, have become more focused in the last, in the last two and a half years, which has been, I know what I need to do. Now mm-hmm. it's just creating the repetitive behaviors mm-hmm. to make this stuff happen. Just like I'm sure you, you have gone through this whole thing about podcasting and. What did it take for you guys to get this started? Yeah. It's not just, hey, let's get started and we'll start tomorrow. That's that's not how it works.
0: Yeah, we, there, we, uh, we're fortunate that we do a retreat here at High Five every December where we take all the staff away for three days and we practice what we preach. Um, and for us, we, we the, last, the last couple, we've done this thing called Walking on the Moon, which has just come up with ideas. But exactly like that. They, these are just ideas, but there's no um, how do we get it. We try not to limit ourselves to the, to the, how is it going to work and just come up with ideas. But then you do then have to boil down the actual parameters of how something is going to work. So the podcast is not, was not as easy. It's been four years in the making trying to be like, all right, well, how do we do it though? It's a great idea, but ideas don't go anywhere unless you have action and people behind it who are excited about it and, But I I think what you were describing though has great. There's great lessons in defining your mission, defining your vision, whether that be an organisation or it be an individual person. You know, I think of High Five. We've been, I think a us some of our success is because we have vi- we have defined our vision and mission very strongly and so that when we have had people you know call us and say we'd love to you to build this giant aero adventure park we've been very clear of being able to say nope doesn't fit our mission we're an educational organization that's not educational focused. it's pay for play we won't touch it yeah. and what that does though for us is then Mean that if people want educational focused courses, they're more likely to go to the company or the organisation that focuses that than sure. the one that does everything. And for me, I was very clear; I wanted to be a trainer. So I I've, I've worked to the point where I'm, you know, doing the work they do, working with adults, and I really really enjoy it, and that's where my focus lies. But I had to do a a lot, you know, a lot of facilitation with various different groups and doing a lot of things, and I think that's the thing with adventure aired, outdoor ed, experiential aired. You have to be willing to move and go places. I've worked at various different places and try different things and then you narrow that focus and be like, all right, this is where I want to be. Right. And I worked hard to be here in the same way that you're working hard to get to your career. You know, so I think there's there's lesson in that, I think, defining the vision, the mission, that yeah. narrow focus. Um Yeah, you
1: you've got you've got to that's and everybody says it's scary. Yeah. And once I did it, it, it was an experiential moment of it, things became clear. Mm-hmm. If, if I know what I do, um, yes, I'm going to turn down some things that I could make you know, a good paycheck. Mm-hmm. However, that's taking away from my complete focus yeah. of, of what I really want to deliver to people. So yeah, it's hard to do and it's hard mm-hmm. to commit to. Um, and, and most people, it takes a while to get there, but yeah, it's worth it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, for you, who was, who was your person? So, Cause I can, I can, there's, there's a guy who, for some reason he just ha- he had an impact on me very early on that made me think that this, you know, that would, this would be a career. He would never know. It's, it was one of those innocuous and another face that he saw in that week, yeah. you know, Yeah. but who for you is, is, is one of those people that, you know. Had a big impact. Well, that that's
1: easy. Yeah, yeah, it's my. I had I had absolutely no clue about adventure education when I was in school. Yeah. Uh, nothing like that in Wisconsin. It was more the camps and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing in schools. So by the time I graduated, um, I'm going to say the early 80s. I won't say how early in the 80s. Um, I I w- was in college and still didn't have a clue Mm -hmm. nothing about that no outdoor ed no nothing at all it was 1990 when I got that first wilderness job Mm -hmm. in their library was silver bullets yeah and that was like I wasn't looking for anything like that but I was looking for activities Mm -hmm. because I was a PE teacher and I was trained that way and I was looking for things okay what do we do um i was pointed to this you know that they pointed to this book pick that up these are some of the things that we do this would be your first read and just by the serendipitous chance of you know that was the holy grail for me it was like Mm -hmm. just it it struck a chord how he wrote how how much fun he had with that just this weirdness of the activities i'd never seen before Mm -hmm. just the Novelty of all that mm-hmm. stuff, uh, and focusing on team building versus comp- competition yep. it was a whole new world, you know, literally of another way to look at playing and and being together and having fun and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, and and then I just I just started you know diving into all the project adventure stuff and getting trainings and yeah, so Carl was definitely um my first guiding light so to speak and then over the years he and i became friends and had some fun interactions together and mm-hmm. so it was it was a very um pretty cool evolution of seeing him being with him and then one day in up in maine there's a conference i think it was an ae whatever AEE conferences up there the northeast northeast, he (laughs) came to one of my workshops
0: oh there you
1: go that's a circle yeah
2: it
1: was it was like so cool and that was kind of the pinnacle for me is and he and and i've told him so many different times how how much he influenced me and i i think he appreciated me saying that but Mm. i don't think he really cared Mm -hmm. you know it's like he was just doing what he was doing and i saw him as this you know this what would we say extraterrestrial being <laughs> or uh, you know and then yeah. when you know somebody it's just that person you yeah. know we're just people doing what we love to Absolutely. do and get paying the bills yep. and we get to ride and we get to have fun and so what we love to do we have no i don't think we have any intention of um the the dalai lama says this in in there are a couple of his books where he says you know he's just i just want to be a person mm-hmm. but when i go to places there's all this pomp and circumstance that he doesn't really want he wants to have human experiences is mm-hmm. what he calls he wants people to spill coffee on their pants or trip over something or you know drop something or mm-hmm. you know then it be kind of then it lightens up the, the atmosphere of of you know coming into a room you want to you want to have human connections and when i think when you get to a point where if people see you differently than that and hold you at a higher esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe it's harder to have the human connections and really get people to, to, to share openly or mm. give you feedback, yep. give you honest feedback or disagree with you. Or I have a hard time getting into conversations where people disagree with me.
2: Mm.
1: I don't know if it's because they think I have some sort of you know, I have maybe more stories than there, but it's just different stories. And yep. it's maybe just more. My, my book is a little thicker mm. than theirs, but their stories are still great. And mm-hmm. that's my most, um, what I love to do the most in my career is meeting new people. Yeah. Meeting new people, interacting, getting their comments, getting their take on things, the fresh eyes on things mm-hmm. is so important to, um, to my growth. And it's, it's, it's what I, love about what I do is is all the different ideas and the way people see an activity and how they change you know mm-hmm. so that to me that's what drives me that's what and and to be able to have those human connections and just be a person with them mm-hmm. is what I strive for and sometimes sometimes hard yeah. in certain situations
0: I recently sent out emails that we we have the northeast uh, regional Ae deadline to submit workshops was today, so I was sending out emails to people and saying like, "I'd love to hear you present," and they were like, "What what what would I present on?" And yeah. I, I said, yeah. "I think sometimes, you know, I don't, I can't tell you what to present on, but I know that you yourself, your energy, the right. way you presented right. yourself in the five days we hung out when you were here for a workshop." Yeah. Was enough for yeah. me to say, I don't know what you could present on, but I want to hear from you, and yeah. it doesn't yeah. have to be the same voices always doing it. You know, I, okay. it's got to a point where I, I really, I do enjoy conferences and I love going, but I think it's that connection piece. But, but it does feel all odd after a workshop when you've presented and people say, "Oh, can we grab some moments to chat?" And it, 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 I, I will, of course oblige, but it just yeah, I'm no different than, than anyone. And I, I have that feeling of like, why the hell would they want to speak to me? <laughs> yeah, know, what do yeah. I have to offer? Well, you but, said
1: about that imposter syndrome yeah. and, and I hear that a lot in the people that I listen to and how they started and that's how they felt. Yeah. And, and in all honesty, I don't, I don't mean this to sound anything, mm-hmm. but, but honest in the sense of, I didn't even care. Mm. I don't think I ever thought about that. Mm-hmm. I just had opportunities that I could that I believed I could help others Mm -hmm. and, and if, if they didn't need it, they didn't need it, but I know that was what I was supposed to be doing.
2: Mm. Um,
1: Mm -hmm. and yeah, do I know any, any more than, again, I just have more stories and stories are not better or worse than anybody's. They're just my, my volume is just getting a little bigger, but your volume is just as powerful and impactful to people. Um, and that's the idea behind my my podcast is i'm just i'm gonna I'm gonna talk to everybody that once to talk to me mm-hmm. I don't care how long they've been in the field I don't yep. care if they've written books I think everybody has something to share mm-hmm. if you've been doing this if you've been trained and you started team building or if you've been team building before you're trained yeah you have information that could be valuable to somebody
2: yeah
1: um and it's it, it it's the idea of believing that you can be in the room just saying you know I belong here mm-hmm. I have this experience and it's just as valid as anybody else's experiences. Somebody's going to learn from it. Yeah. And, and that drives my reason for having all these platforms so people can share information. Mm-hmm. I always invite people again here, be a guest blogger, be a, you know, share this idea there. You know, I've got space for you. You can mm-hmm. have any, any of it. We mm-hmm. can share this and very, very few people take me up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's, it's a lot of it about time, but it's also about, they don't think, you know, it's already been said or it doesn't really matter. Or I, you know, Mm -hmm. how, who am I to say? So, you know, if you're listening to this and ever had that, you know, I don't, I don't have anything to tell people. And I, I don't think that's true. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't believe that. Yeah, I believe everybody has valuable things to teach. Mm -hmm. Um, so Find a place to do that. Find a place to share what you know, because that's the only way, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a little soapbox of humanity, saving humanity we got to teach each other what's been helping us and how the struggles we've gone through and what we did to, to overcome mm-hmm. those things. And most of it has to do with that social presence of yeah. each other yeah. and sharing each other and helping each other. That's what it comes down to. They got help from somewhere. They, they heard something and it just inspired them, you know? And if you don't take the time to share that in some way, you may, someone that could have been inspired by you missed it, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that's just, you know, there are so many amazing people out there with so many amazing feats of activities and the way they talk to people and mm-hmm. what they say. Yeah and and how i know it could it could change someone's mind or change someone's way that they would present an activity or change the way they might work with it with a young person Mm -hmm. um so getting it out there even if it's twitter or facebook all that stuff has those that potential to to flip a switch for somebody and i just encourage so many you know whoever i can just get out there and, and share your stuff don't doesn't matter if people like it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, build get that thick skin as they say, and just get it out there. Just push it out there and and do stuff with it. And, yeah. and you never know where that's going to go.
0: Can you remember? I was asking the trainers this the other day, and we were like reflecting on it. Can you remember the first time that you presented at a workshop? Do you that you shared something and how it went?
1: I I I believe I'm pretty sure. Because I always say this, so I don't know if there was anything before, but the National Challenge Course Practitioners Symposium mm-hmm. that Tom Leahy yeah. had started years ago now, it's at least up to 25 mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. Um, there's a long story behind this, but I ended up going to the first one. And I, and I didn't, it was an open space. It was yeah. the first time he had done an open space conference. He had done other open space things, but this t- was his first try at this. And I think if I recall correctly, there were only, there weren't very many of us at the first one, mm-hmm. like under 50 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, and he had some guy there that had been known for open space stuff. So they were kind of co-doing this and I didn't present anything at that point in time. Uh, but the next year after that, I brought, I, I drove all my stuff from my, in my truck from Kansas. Was I in Kansas? I don't even know anymore. Drove all my portable stuff that I had created for my programs mm. in Kansas that I was working at. And, and it was part of a book that I put together that I was Kinko copying and, and giving out at, uh, different opportunities if people wanted something to use and, uh, staff training manual, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had brought all that stuff. So I think the second national challenge course practitioner symposium. So whatever year that was, I have no clue yeah. what when that was i think that was the first time i presented anywhere and how did it go um i don't have any bad memories <laughs> of it
0: uh it's i do remember, a trauma that's uh, re- uh stored in the brain that won't release itself
1: <laughs> yeah i i I, th- I think it was completely yeah. you know fine and fun and uh i remember being outside you know in february uh-huh. on the basketball court with all my wooden props and mm and all that and the noodles and, you know, cause I had started using noodles with this at risk population mm-hmm. for particular reasons. So that was building, yeah. uh, the, my noodle repertoire. So that was the start of, you know, the books that came out of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, I think it was totally fine. And being in an open space, you know, we only had 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. So and I and I was again very ego, still a little bit ego driven in the sense of I didn't care what people thought, mm. uh, and that comes from my mother. My yeah. mother was an amazing, you know. Looking back now, she was an amazing parent. <laughs> um, but as a child, you know, we struggled. When yeah. I was in high school, I wanted my autonomy, and I want I resisted everything. That da, 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 that kind of same old story. But looking back, you know, she was a, a second grade kindergarten second grade teacher uh, working in in segregated milwaukee she Mm -hmm. was part of the first segregation movement in milwaukee um back in the 60s uh so she was an amazing human being and just she just always told me you know it doesn't matter what people think just do it Mm -hmm. just do what feels right and it'll be fine it's going to be fine for you it doesn't matter if it's not fine for everybody and Mm -hmm. so that was that was my you know, the subconscious pounded into me all the time. Yeah. Uh, so I got that at an early age and I, and I just, if it was more like ego driven at that point in time where, you know, Hey, I'm in front of you and I'm a star kind of a thing, you know, that mm-hmm. helped me to, I guess, get over the
0: mm-hmm.
1: fear of even caring. you know, yeah. I just, I was doing what I did because it felt right.
0: Yeah. yeah. I remember my, uh, my first, uh, I don't know actually if this is truly my first cause I, Maybe I blanked that one out, but um, ACCT was the first bigger conference that I presented at, and I—I uh, I, this is a mistake. So, listeners, you know, if you're coming up with a workshop proposal, don't read a activity book the night before. And then go, oh, this is the, act- I want to do that one. That sounds fun. And then get in front of a group of people and then blank on how to run the activity once you've announced what it is. So for mine was people to people. I I, had, I said, oh, we're going to do uh, this people to people. And then I said people to people. And then as soon as I said it in my head, I was like, I don't know, was I supposed to say arm? Um? And I just stared for a bit and then I went onto something else. So my people to people was uh, not, people uh-huh. to people <laughs> so but yeah. it, it worked out fine it, 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 it was all good but it's sure. people you have to be willing to put yourself out there sometimes right and, uh, and that's what i love about mistakes. this
1: field is it doesn't even matter you could say a name of something and do something and yep. nobody's even going to know yeah <laughs> they created something new hey like we just created something new yeah um you know i always try things for the first time yeah in those kind of audiences. And at this point in time, nobody cares if I try something. They're excited about it. Yeah. See, we talk about it and that's what it's all about.
0: What you sh- what you do but, is you own it and name your workshop, try something new, which thanks. myself and Ryan do at the symposium here each year. We say, try something it? new. And it's, it's we yeah. read a book. We've never re- played it. We're going to play it with you for the first time. It will work or say over a success or it's a flop, but Hey, we're going to do it together. So it fills that invite of space. And I think that that's, for me, I've always taken from this industry Is It is supportive. There is support, you know, either uh, via the internet, you know, different ways, avenues to get support, but also in that conference scene and in that, um, you know, connecting with different people in the field scene, there's always a sense of sharing. There's a sense of community uh, that's why I love AEE as an organization I've found that there's all that sense of community um, so I think that makes you makes me feel more able to take those risks it, w- talk in front of a crowd and that maybe I wouldn't have done back then you know it gives you that license
1: yep. where do we adventure as facilitators or educators are we still adventuring
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, one of my one of my goals this year and I've been doing I think I'm a hundred percent is something new every week. I have to do something new every week. So I've been I'm almost done with a year and I think I've pretty much ninety, if not ninety-five percent successful.
2: Yeah.
1: And that to me is the adventure yeah. is and, and it's not I'm gonna say my caveat is not new restaurants or new movies. Okay. I only I only did that a few times because <laughs> I was just in a pinch or busy or a whatever. Every week. Yeah. But you know taking, looking, looking for things mm-hmm. that could expand the way that you adventure, could expand the way you think or yeah. expand the way you see. Um, and I think that's helped me be a be- better facilitator because mm-hmm. it, I, just being in the newness, knowing something's new and different and looking for what's there for you. And we ask our participants all the time, you know, this might not be something you want to be at. You might not want to be here. You might want Mm -hmm. to be somewhere else. You don't get this stuff. Doesn't make any sense to you. The challenge is just can you find one thing to walk away with that was new and different for Mm -hmm. you today that could add to your story? Yeah. You know, so. I made myself do that this year cause I was being too much of a hermit and, yeah. and it's just, I, I, I love it. it. I enjoy it. I, I love looking for the newness and things. So And,
0: and that's you why, know, you know, we, you know, when we go to conferences, people want to see new activities or they want, you know, for myself, I like to go and see someone I haven't seen before and like maybe learn something new because we, you go back to that feeling you had when you were, were first learning and everything right. was new and it's so yeah. exciting. Oh my God, that's so exciting. But you sort of lose that as you know more and then you, you strive to have still have that feeling because yeah. exactly, yeah. that's exactly the feeling that our, ex, our participants are going to experience. So better empathizing with them and realizing like I did a, a blog called find uh, your pine cone, which was just around the, the newness of experience for the participants coming on to a challenge course. Yeah. They're going to be amazed by the stuff in the air, but you, they might be amazed at the stuff that's on the ground, You know, that they have never experienced before. And I think we make assumptions that they want, they're all admiring all the up stuff, but all the big stuff, but realizing every small interaction we have when we sit with them at lunch and we ask them, you know, what's your hobby? And they, you interact with them, that might be the most impactful moment of their experience and not the zip or the swing. So awesome. Wow. We, so I feel like in this we've covered so many big topics, and there's so much advice there. Just to round everything up, if I was a new student coming to you and saying, Chris, Cavett, what advice? What tangible piece of advice would you give me as a student looking to maybe enter a world of experiential adventure ed? What would you What would you give me?
1: I w- I would say to first be first be very curious. So mm-hmm. being curious about. The things around you, especially in venture ed, if you want to get involved in adventure education, whether that's wilderness-based, facilities-based, it's about finding things around you you can get involved in. Mm -hmm. Anything you can get your hands on. You have to be tenacious in this field Mm -hmm. in the sense of learning and growing. More and more today, we have to have pieces of paper that say we're qualified to do this or that. Yeah. And experience is important so uh, finding things that that are very interesting to you in in adventure ed and getting involved in those things if you have to make a little investment figure out a way you can make an investment to learn and grow because I think the more the more you have on your quote unquote resume or portfolio as we're saying now mm-hmm. um, the more you can offer uh, your experience. And again, I go back to stories, the stories that you accumulate over time will help you to do more and more uh, the different things in adventure ed. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know we have to make money. I know we have to eat and, and there are opportunities to volunteer for things. Um, so to me, it's about getting involved in as many adventure ed related things as you can mm-hmm. hopefully get paid for it. Um, and then there are a lot of, you know, there's the Facebook Outdoor Ed job postings. There's OutdoorEd.com. There's, there's tons and tons of jobs, mm-hmm. entry-level jobs all over the country. And even I'm noticing all over the world now that are looking for people willing to be paid very little, but you'll get a lot of really cool experiences. Yeah. And to me, it's that accumulation of experiences and stories that will help you to either stick with it Mm -hmm. um, or get you to say, no, this is not for me because you really have to immerse yourself in what you believe you're interested in Mm -hmm. to find out if it's really what drives you. And at first for me, it was at-risk youth and then eventually it was for training. And then, so then you follow those paths, follow the stepping stones. But don't overlook, do your best to always get involved in whatever is presenting itself to you. Um, If it comes into your life and it feels you can feel that it's a good thing, this is something that I really want to do, and this will lead me to my passion or lead me. The passion is a little overrated. It's more to me about sharing yourself, sharing your gifts, being a part of a group, helping others. You know, if that what's if that's what feels good, do whatever you can to go make that happen for yourself. Mm And jump in there and then eventually if it's if the if the fire dies down then choose something else to do but if you still love it and the fire's there keep finding things that add the fuel add the wood to the fire
0: yeah i love that that's it for you know i remember when i first started i had that like i would watch someone like jim grout present on something and he would tell these stories and like "Ah, how do i get to do that and the reality is i just had to wait (laughs) You know, there's that patience of going and going and trying and trying. And then, yeah, now I have stuff I can talk about at workshops because I've experienced things. Right. And the experience right. is the valued part. And it just can be tough to sometimes hear that. Um, last thing is – if you would like to, you know, plug anything, you know, you've got this, uh, hing, uh, this online courses that you're doing. Um, I will say that most, if not all adventure practitioners probably have at least one book on their shelf that has your name on it. Um, so there's a uh, ton of, tons of books, 16 books, I believe that you've written in this field. So, um, anything you would like to share with the, with the high five listeners?
1: Um, oh, thanks for the, for the window. I, yeah. You know, fundoing.com is a place. It's kind of the hub for things. And I have, uh, what's called fundoing Fridays. So every other week is just a handful of fun things. Mostly the first one is always my newest blog post mm-hmm. and fundoing focuses on activity resources. And that's my, that's the main hub. There's a lot of free stuff available for team builders. And this last year, we split out the, theoret- the theoretical stuff to uh, the on team building blog, which is at chriscavert.com at the moment. But that's where we talk about theoretical things. Yep. Um, so we're, I'm, in, I'm still moving some things from fund doing over to, to the uh, on team building blog. And to be able to have those different kinds of conversations that people want to get into. Mm -hmm. And if you are a young team builder, if you know young team builders, I could use your help. There is a site, there's a blog site called youngteambuilders.com, youngteambuilders.com. I've created this space for high school, college age team builders who do programs and don't get necessarily paid for them for the most part Mm -hmm. they're learning in high school or they're in a class in college if you want a place to share your work or ideas or quotes or an activity that you love or your experiences with team building this is a place for your content it's not going to be i'm i'm we're not going to have any big names on there at this point in time you could this could be the start of a place for you to start sharing with others and helping others out. So youngteambuilders.com is absolutely zero content at this point in time. We're still trying to plant the Mm -hmm. seeds in people's brains about this space of sharing.
0: Great. Thank you so much, Chris. Because as a learning uh, center, like High Five is, we're always sharing places to go that are participants can trainees our uh, students can go elsewhere and find other stuff so right. once again this is a sharing field industry so i appreciate you sharing and i appreciate all the shoutouts you've done for uh, some of the high five products and books and stuff on your blog too so uh, i've appreciated it
1: great well and yeah. thanks for the invite phil i yeah. truly appreciate it yeah. it's been great
0: thanks chris Do it again.
2: Thanks for listening.
0: And can you say uh, thanks for listening to high five?
1: Thanks for listening to high five.
0: <laughs> and then what about thanks for listening to High Fives podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try.
1: Thanks for giving. I think I passed guy. <laughs>